finds Draymond Green. Green to the basket, kicks it out of Godala. Thompson for three. Bang! Clay Thompson from downtown. It's a six-point lead. Timeout Rockets. A stunned Toyota Center crowd has watched a seven-point fourth-quarter lead turn into a six-point deficit. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to the Game 6 Clay Podcast. All our listeners on Spotify and whatever, good to see you guys again. Started the YouTube, so if you guys are seeing this in person um, or on YouTube, welcome. Uh, this is how we look. I know it's probably better than what it looks like on those tweets. So uh, welcome to our new YouTube fans. Uh, Matt, Charlie, <laughs> Happy New Year. We're, if you're seeing uh, this in person, get out of my window. That's really creepy. <laughs> that's that's um, I hope you guys are just seeing this on screen. But uh Matt, Charlie, welcome back, guys. Happy New Year, happy 2022. Um, how are we doing? How uh what's um what's the vibe? 2021, long gone, good year, bad year, okay year, who knows? But on to bigger and better. 2022, how you guys feeling? Dude, I think I feel my sexiest to every podcast because Gotham never goes one pod without telling us how fucking hot we are, man. So <laughs> no, somebody's got to gas it up. So. Pretty good right now, man. No, I mean, honestly, man, a lot of a lot of COVID so far, man. I told Gotham I was uh, kind of quarantined for Christmas, man. Girlfriend's got COVID right now, so a lot of a lot of COVID in the air, man. So, but other than that, guys, I'm pumping the the Warrior stuff. Clay coming back, so good stuff coming up. Chuck, yeah, pretty much the same. I. Uh exited protocols today um thankful back he's back uh yeah so still you know sort of scare going on with my girlfriend and her roommate because like their downstairs roommate had it so you know fun stuff all around but uh you know something going around right now man yeah you know (laughs) might have caught up with the warriors too bro the warriors last couple games um especially our boy you know i love we love steph curry um, the Warriors in general, but Steph Curry starts at the top. Just jump right into it, guys. He's been struggling. Um, it's been a struggle, and I don't want to blow it out of proportion. Um, I think we're seeing a lot of overreactions um, as to what's going on. But the Warriors' offense as a whole has not looked um, as crisp as we've seen it, as crisp as we know as it can be. Um, so, just first, first question right away: what What do you guys think is wrong with the Warriors' offense? Okay, well. It's been, I think the offense being nice, man. It's been bad. I think it's been uh, over the last 15 games, it's been uh, bottom 10 in the league. Uh, it's been pretty dang awful. I think you can attribute some of that to Steph, but there's also some really insane, despite how, I mean, again, for his uh, standards, how bad Steph has been, the Warriors are still so good with him playing, which is crazy. But I mean, it's three point shooting. Um, it's one of those things where, again, if your offensive engine isn't going, it's not super surprising, especially when that, that engine, Steph Curry in this case, is your offense, and he's been slumping for as long as he has been. Uh, it doesn't really surprise me that they've been as bad as they've been. Uh, but they still had a good month of December, which is crazy. Um, as far as what's going on, though, yeah, I just it's, just, it's a lot of Steph stuff. The team is slumping shooting-wise. Uh, they've had guys in and out of the lineup. I think some of those numbers are also kind of skewed by the COVID stuff and by – um, just different players being out, but Jeff, what, what do you think? Yeah, I think that's, that's been sort of the tough thing. Like you mentioned with protocols, getting Jordan Poole back into the swing of things has had, you know, mixed results to say the least, like it averages out pretty well, but you know, we had that big time game against Miami, like just absolutely lit them up, probably dragged them to that game where I think Steph had like nine points 
and you know, that was like a shorthand in Miami team. They really needed all pool scoring in that one. And then you have last night against the Pelicans where he comes out and has one point up until the final minute where somehow he manages to get like 10 points in 70 seconds, which is kind of ridiculous. He had a couple like nukes that gave them a chance late in the game, but the goldfish man. <laughs> that's true. No, you, it's just back and forth. Like it's, you know, if the season wasn't going well, I think we'd sort of be like frustrated with the lack of consistency, but that's what you said. You know, like it's really just shows to like the base talent of this team and the culture that they have uh, that like they can pull through in tight games against teams like Utah and Miami when they're, you know, best player, their offensive engine is struggling. And when Draymond's not offering scoring, when Poole's not being consistent and they just have other guys step up, like they have the auto Porter step up and Andrew Wiggins has stepped up as he seems to do a lot. And it's, it's been fun, you know, to see like other guys pick up the slack when Steph can't be there for them to bail them out. So this team was top 10 in offense for most of the first, like, Six weeks of the season, and obviously the last six weeks that I just mentioned, they haven't been close to that. Um, are they like? Is there is their base a top ten offense? Do you guys think, or do you think they're closer to an average offense overall? Um, just given what's been going on, I think they probably belong in like that five to ten range. I don't think they quite have the high level offense right now, you know, when we're talking about like where the, how this team has performed in the first half of the season, um, you know, like we've said that we're sort of exiting phase one of this four year season going into Sunday. So I think when you look at what they had as a whole, you know, like what they had missing and sort of the consistency issues they've been fighting, it's not surprising that they've been hovering around like that 10 range and I think there's some things that they can do to improve it, but overall the numbers may not reflect it. Even if they may be like in that, you know, five to 10, maybe like top, you know, six, top eight range of offenses. Yeah, I agree. I think like, I think their ceiling, there's I mean, a lot of teams have a top three ceiling. But I think the Warriors have like, they're going to have stretches as a top three offense, but I think when your eyes you know, lacking in, in guys who can consistently score off the dribble. It's going to be hard to create offense a lot of the time. So they're going to struggle with that throughout the year. I think they have all kinds of fail safe, so it's not necessarily worrying, but uh, Gotham, what do you think? I, honestly, I'm not too worried about it just because, you know, a, I uh, figured who tweeted it yesterday um, or a couple days ago, but um, the Warriors defense is so good that we have had, we, they, we've been in every single game. I, outside of that Toronto game where we had it pretty much everyone's resting. I don't, can't remember a blowout this season and the defense just gives you so much of a luxury where you're able to go through these offensive stretches and still pull out games. You got that Miami game, um, that Denver game is tough. Um, the banish come back and defensive battle. Um, and also the Warriors missing open shots. A lot of these, um, a lot of these like just miss are there, are there, the reason why these games have been so irking to follow and watch has been just missing open shots. Wiggins last game. I mean, he was all right. Jordan Poole is missing open, open shots. Steph Curry is just missing open shots, man. Like it's, I don't know if it's a rhythm thing, if it's a, you know, playing off ball a little bit more or not as much what it is, but a lot of this stuff, it just comes down to knocking down shots. Um, we've heard this before and you're going to hear it a million times after to make or miss league at the end of the day. And we're just missing shots. It's one of those stretches. 
And to be missing shots like we have been and still pulling out winning games um, with Clay Thompson coming back, um, you know, I, I don't – I think that's why it's it's been annoying to see a lot of these overreactions um, just because it's a long season. You're going to go through stretches like this. You're going to have – Steph's going to go cold. It happens pretty much every year. You know, you're going to have guys like Jordan Poole's in his third year. Um, he's played really well so far this season. He's going to go through struggles. Wiggins is going through struggles. Um, it's going to happen. It's a long season. So with that said, I think the season for this team is, like Charlie said, 5 to 10. I don't think um, – obviously with Steph Curry, um, you, you, your ceiling is astronomical, but um, the defense gives them such a luxury that um, I don't think we need to be as, you know, as potent of an offense as we might think you might need to be. Yeah, and I think building off of that, like this Warriors team really sort of reminds me of what we saw in an obviously built in a very, very different way with different players, but like what we saw out of that Lakers team that won the championship in the bubble, like they just fed off the defensive end of the floor, like whether or not that the shots were going in, they were shutting you down on that end and eventually just build into those runs that build momentum for them. And I think that's sort of this, Warriors team's identity is being the standard defensively. Like we've seen that from them. It's only going to get better. I'd imagine with Clay Thompson in the fold and especially if you're able to ramp him up into consistent minutes. So I think when you look at that, you look at what Steph Curry is, you know, like I think, like you said, but these, these overreactions right now just get so ridiculous because historically for whatever reason, like he stinks and step in and, and Steph's numbers and Steph's numbers through this stretch are forty two from field uh, from field thirty eight from three and like eighty eight or eighty nine from the free throw line. So still very very it, good. Which is, like, which is okay. amazing numbers. Like the this the the standard that he holds himself to and that we hold him to is astronomical. That this is what we're calling bad. Um, but also I uh, just wanted to say as well that. Um, the threat, like the, we talk about Steph's gravity and we talk about like what he can do off the ball. The the thing that I love about this team, the makeup of this team is the amount of shooters that we already have. And obviously with Clay coming back, just the amount of space it's going to open up. Um, you're going to get open shots. You're going to get guys being able to get to the rim. Guys like Wiggins, Poole, who have that knack to go and drive the basket, get fouled. Free throw shooting, that's probably the one concern I'd have about this season offensively. Um, it's weird how bad of a free throw shooting team we are. Um, with guys like uh, Wiggins is consistently missing free throws. Um, we've seen Jordan Poole's staff miss a lot. So um, if there's a concern offensively, it'd be free throws. I think we're like 26 or something in the league, which um, is one thing you got to work on. But I would say free throw shooting is probably the one easiest fix. Um, it's just repetition. Uh, as, a, as a casual basketball fan, a ton of professionals. But um, I feel like just, you know, that's something you can fix. Um but other than that, like the makeup of this team, you just you have, you have threats all over the floor to spread the floor, which will then open up other stuff. Um, so it's only going to get better from here. And if this is what rock bottom is, I think we've we've lost three of our last five or something, like three of our last six. And it's not bad. Like we're in we're in these games. We're playing good defense. Um, you know, sticking to what works. Um, and shots are going to start falling again. And um, chill out, Dub Nation. Yeah, I, I agree with most of that. I think um, – I do think it's very alarmist what's been happening. Like, the Warriors, I think, are still one of the best – they're the best team in the league or the second or third best team in the league. Like, I don't take – at this point, it's Milwaukee, it's Golden State, it's probably Brooklyn if they're healthy. Um, the Steph stuff, I think Steph has been – like, I mean, again, it's – this is the weird thing about Steph. We're going to talk about his MVP stuff in a minute, but, like, 
he hasn't played well. You know what I mean? He hasn't shot the ball well at all. Yeah, like he, he shot below 40% from the field and like well below th- or 30 below 35 from three in December. But they're they're, they're still 15 points better when he's, on, when he's on the court. It's just the weirdest. Like he, that's why we were texting the other day. And I said, like, he literally is the MVP, but I just don't know if a guy who's not like physically, he's not playing well, but his value is still so crazy high that it's just, there's nobody else like him in the league in that sense. Um, like Steph, Steph could go over 30 and it's like just the threat of him on the floor. It opens everything up. And I forget who's uh, doing it, but um, uh, so, they were talking about like the motion offense that the Warriors run and why other teams like don't implement the same thing. Other teams don't have Steph Curry. That's no, really, it. He, really he's, he's the offense, man. And it's like he had nine points against a really good Miami team. Like, albeit they didn't have Bam out there, but they've been, they've been playing really well of late. And that's not a good win. When Steph has nine yeah, points, you get a win. Like, again, Steph did not have a good game. He he shot the ball horribly, but him you know being on the court. Was that game? No, I don't off the top of my head. Do you? No, for some Come reason, point zero is sticking <laughs> out, but um, let, me, let me pull that up. But uh, yeah, he, but like, it's just him being on the floor. It's just, he's, he's got the craziest um, threshold for being effective. I don't think any other player has that in the league. And as far as like people are kind of, there's been some concern about Steph. Like, is he falling apart? Is he regressing? It, it has been a bad slump. So, I mean, I'm not like you're an idiot for saying that, but uh-huh. there's two things that make me feel like not at all concerned. And it's A, he's getting to all his spots still. He's getting everywhere he wants to he's go. Getting he's getting to the rack. He's getting where he needs to go. He looks disorganized when he gets there and he looks kind of rattled, but it's not because it has nothing to do with his ability to do so, I don't think. And he's also just missing open shots. Like He's missing a ton of open mid-range shots. He's missing a ton of open three-pointers. I think we've all seen those stats going around where he's... A lot of ways. A lot, like, a lot of gimmies. He had that weird like little push shot from the right block the other day where just like it almost uh, got stuck on the rim. Yeah, against the Mavericks, I was, yeah. I was just gonna say like that push shot that was almost a wedgie, and, and just decisions couple... too, like that um, that Mavericks game. He had that open layup where he just kind of kicked it out to no one. Um, right no, he, like the game was, he was just like he's just fighting uphill right now, and I think that was like half the rest was to just like stop, you know, yeah. trying to like fight through it on a night to night basis, just sort of like take that game off and recalibrate himself. But yeah, and he has Adam, played a lot of games. I mean. He's missed. He sat out. I think the Toronto game and just this was is it just been two um, so far this season? It was two or three, but two that's kind of the thing too. This team went so balls to the wall for the first you know forty games of the year, basically. And it's January right now. The Warriors are gonna finish one of the best with one of the best two or three records in the West. I'm not surprised to see 33, 34 year old Steph a little tired right now, and I don't think it's a big deal because, like I said, this guy's not gonna. Right now, the Warriors are on pace to win like 62 or three games. I'd probably pick the under for that because I think they're going to rest him a lot at the bottom half of the year. And I think they should, and I think that's fine. Like they play really well when he plays, good or, like, no matter how he plays. And so, no, I'm not I'm not freaked out by how Steph's playing, but I also don't want to say he's been insane because he hasn't been, but his value is still so uh, it's still so palpable. I think that's the discussion too when you talk about the MVP. Like he does – means so much to the Warriors. But I think when you look around the league, you know, like we always use the phrase valuable and it's kind of weird because like other sports, you know, elsewhere, like other sports do it, but they just give it to like the best player, you know, Shohei like Otani won MVP on a like fourth, fourth in AL. Yeah. Because Shohei Otani like was stupid and was crazy. And yeah, like it's, you know, like NBA is the only sport where they sort of like, 
they do it in the NFL too, but it's ba- that's basically just like who is the best quarterback on yeah. a winning team. <laughs> you know, like they have like a defined thing. And for the NBA, we know it's like either you're the best player on the best team or you had a historical level season to like raise the four of a team that was just desolate. And I think for that reason, like when you talk about Steph in the MVP discussion, he has had these off games and these slumps that the team has been able to sort of like weather. And, you know, you can see the value to him, but like the nuggets would be nowhere without Nikola Jokic. And to me, he's just playing at that sort of level where it's like Steph would be the favorite in discussions most seasons. But the fact that Jokic went from like MVP on a great team to like somehow getting better as his team falls apart around him and like somehow keeping them in the playoff fight while he like waits for reinforcements, like the man's, I think he's at like 25, 14 and seven off the top of my head, like just ridiculous stuff while getting better on defense. Like it's kind of hard to deny him the award when he's playing like that. How do you guys feel? It's pretty similar to, it's pretty similar to Steph's case last year in a lot of ways. I mean, but honestly, again, this is not, if we had, you know, more listeners than we do, I might get attacked for this. If I, if I was Charlie, for example, I might get attacked for this, but uh, <laughs> I think the Warriors, the Warriors roster last year was not good around Steph. Even that, that 15 and five run they had, it was insane. They had a yeah. 75% winning percentage. That's bananas. Uh, this Nuggets team has no business <laughs> being in a playoff hunt. Like they they have no business at all. So Charlie bringing up Jokic is a good call because he's been. It, it's it's there's nobody like him well, in the league. It's in but, a different it's in a different conversation too because like you could see the frustration and stuff last year and like I thought he had his case but like that was the team they thought to build around him without Clay and you know, a lot of it was scrambling because clay being out obviously like made a lot of their free agent acquisitions go up and smoke. And now that they may potentially have clay this year, like they were able to build some things around him, but like the nuggets built this team and it just all fell apart because of all injury. Of like they, you know, even the guys who were stepping up like PJ Dozier to like fill the holes were just like tearing ACLs, you know, like Spots it's just like two and three stuff. and then five through 10 have yeah, all been so out like you know credit to Steph for like last year like weathering that like initial clay injury but like they had a pretty good bill of health going forward from that season it was just blow after blow for this nuggets team and like who knows when michael porter junior's coming back like jamal murray is still you know trying to ramp up hopefully he's back for the playoffs but like i heard february like, another day on some pod man it was weird february Potentially. That's exciting. I mean, like, it's exciting. Yeah, because at this point, like, you just want to see the guy get a chance. Like, you know, if they if they manage to get, like, a top six seed and he's getting, like, 20 combined games out of Murray and MPJ, like, that's just that's just craziness, man. <laughs> Gotham, I know you mentioned the other day in that text, man. Gotham, just for anybody listening, almost – I felt some heat, man. I said, uh, I don't know if that's the MVP, and he just texts back – who you got <laughs> it was, was kind of hot though um i know the two guys you were cool with were katie and Giannis. kind of outside of that is that just because the is that because the winning aspect mostly when, for me i i just think outside of that westbrook mvp um a lot of the mvp awards have gone to you got to be top two three 
I'd say the third the third seed is that cutoff to win an MVP. Um, so that would be my only qualm against Jokic. Not to say what he's not doing is amazing. I think I'm just watching him play. I mean, he beat us that day. That day. Um, it, I mean, it's insane. Um, so definitely, like, no disrespect. There's so many great players. But KD and Giannis, I would say, were the, are the only two. And I will preface my, like, Steph homeringness um, by <laughs> I think the start that Steph got off to this season was insane. Um, like, he was far and away the favorite for the MVP, I think. There were talks of it being like unanimous within like 15 games, um, which is ridiculous. But that was a level at which he was playing at. Um, and I think that Steph can get back to that level. Um, so I think that if I had to put money on it, I would still put money on Steph. Just banking on him, like getting back to what he normally plays like. But um, the, this stretch has definitely made it a race. Um, I think there's a three there's three or four players, um, KD, Giannis, Jokic, obviously, um, Steph, these guys that are uh, PG before he got injured, I think had, um, I mean, Clippers weren't, you know, up there, but um, guys are just playing well. So I think that, um, you know, the race, it's a race now. So I think uh, I'm not going to say like, oh, Steph's, you know, unanimous MVP runaway as it was like six, six weeks ago, maybe. But um, I think, I mean, my point's kind of just, it's a, it's a race. And uh, do I think Steph's the favorite to win it? I would put money on it just because of how bad the stretch is. Um, but, you know, the, I would not get mad. Like, Matt, uh, if you say KD or Giannis or Jokic, Charlie, like, I'm not going to be like, oh, you need- Those are the two guys keeping me in Gotham for blows, apparently. Yep. Um, <laughs> I think I think you're totally right, though. I just think, again, the fact that the Warriors record is what it is, that it was what it was, while Steph's been as bad as he has been, he's not going to keep being as bad as he has been. I'm willing to put money on that for sure. And the Warriors are going to – they're only going to get better if he keeps if he gets better. If Steph gets better, the Warriors will only get better, and they've already been really good. So, I, and, I, it's his to lose. Yeah, and another thing, like the the like the Warriors are number one seed or number two seed after yesterday, whatever. But the best team in the league. That was like let's not act like that was what they were projected to be coming into the season. They were not projected to be top two, top three seed. We we were third seed. I think was where yeah. I think that was us. Like I think that was our. Like if we can be top three, top top four seed, and within like to get home court for the playoffs, I think was a goal where if they got it, it was great, and if they didn't get it, would be like okay, it's not not crazy to assume that they did it. Um, so yes, they're playing well, um, and Steph is playing well, but they are far above the expectations for what it is. So keeping that in mind also plays into this whatever MVP narrative um, would feel like is not talked about enough. So. Um, before the season, the Warriors kind of described their, their season coming up in this current season in phases, phase one, two, and three, phase one without clay, phase two, seeing how clay looks basically phase three, uh, trade deadline beyond Gotham today in our text thread or the other day in our text thread, um, or maybe it was a tweet, man, but you mentioned that this is phase one and the Warriors kind of, um, if, if anybody predicted the Warriors to be this good after phase one, they'd be absolutely lying. Us included. You mentioned kind of a three C prediction from all of us or thereabouts, uh, just kind of looking back, how does this team stack up? Charlie, you go first, man. But how does this team stack up compared to what you thought they'd be versus uh, what they are now? I mean, when you look at it from the point from the point of view of the phases, I thought that phases one and two were going to be much rougher than this. Um, like, sort of on that five six bubble, and 
I think another component factoring in is just how weak the middle and lower part of the West has been this year, which has been very surprising. Like they've just been able to beat up on some teams that I didn't expect, but they've been just way ahead. Like it's just been so impressive to see what they're able to do even before this phase two. And I think, you know, what the thing we sort of seen like with this, well, we, you know, and we'll get into it more, but like, their baseline level of play when their stars and their primary creators aren't playing at their highest level has been what's really, really impressive to me. And they just did not have that at all last season. So that's what really I think has changed things. Like Steph is still the player we thought he was. Jordan Poole is making sort of the strides we thought he would. And Draymond is still an elite DPOI caliber player. Like none of those things were surprising. It's the dudes around the fringes who have just – really brought this whole thing together and I think made a really great environment to start to reincorporate clay slowly, but without sort of the super hardcore pressures of needing to win every game to keep a home playoff series. What do you think? Yeah. Um, yeah hundred percent. I mean, I, I don't know if I could argue, I mean, echo better than that. Um, like 29 and I think 29 and nine right now is the is our record. Um, two seed in the West, um, it's going to keep going back and forth for a while. Um, look, they, they, if, if you told us that Clay Thompson was coming back to the number one seed, um, Golden State Warriors in January, I, before the season, I, I don't think you, you would have asked for anything. You would ask, you know, who your dealer is, what, what pot you smoking, something like that. But, um, not, you would not take this shit seriously. And it's, it puts, it puts this, like, again, it puts all this stuff into perspective where, um, like you said, Charlie, the baseline for this team is so is so good. Um, we're seeing them in the games that we won. We've been uh, obviously not a Nets team without Kyrie, um, a Bulls team, um, um, uh, the Jazz, uh, the Suns, obviously. So I mean, it's not like we're just you know we're taking care of business against teams that we should be. But you know, in those marquee matchups and teams you might see in the playoffs, teams you might see in the finals, we're taking care of business there. Um, we have uh, you know tough road trip coming up. Um, but hopefully, you know, we got 15, 18 minutes of play, but that's, uh, I think to be where we are right now and just the upside that we have coming and with how bad, not necessarily bad, but how, how rough of a stretch offensively we've looked like, um, to be where we are. I, I don't think, um, anybody could have predicted this. I don't think you could have asked for anything better. Um, you know, luckily we've been healthy. Um, I think that's been the biggest outside of the protocols and stuff. Um, but like no long-term, um, injuries, uh, knock on wood, but, um, but other than that, like it's, it, you couldn't, you couldn't script it better. And, uh, you know, the ceiling for this team is astronomical. Did Adam Silver let Steph play with COVID at the price of getting I, no foul calls? Is that what happened? I, I'm, I don't, you might be joking, but I feel like Steph might have had COVID uh, and they just didn't. Didn't do it, man. Just saying, man. I'm just, I'm just curious. Um, that Utah game, he had a sorry, real <laughs> quick. That Utah game, he had that post game talk, and he was sniffling. He was at, this is kind of nasally. I'm not saying he could have just had a normal cold, but um, it was, you know, Draymond was in protocol. Um, that's gonna be my, game. that's gonna be my, my, my baseline NBA conspiracy this year because you mentioned protocols, man. All Steph's buddies are getting it. His brother in law, his closest friend on the team, got it. Steph's going out partying after his record. KD got it that same – or he was with KD that same night before KD tested positive. I don't know, man. Um, but no, joke, jokes aside, I mean, 
Charlie, and you guys both hit it. You guys both hit it. The baseline for this team is like there. There was a world in my mind, honestly, where this didn't work, and the Warriors were like a maybe slightly below a five hundred team. Maybe worst case scenario. No, that's a little low. I'm not. I'm lying about that. But maybe like forty three wins. Um, and I think we got a shout out John Hollinger from the Athletic for I think predicting them eleventh in the West because that was bananas. But here we are. Um, but almost every single guy in the roster that they added. And even their guys from last year, I've kind of done just a lot more than I, I would have expected. Like I just I took some little notes. Like I didn't think Otto Porter Jr. would be this healthy throughout the year. First of all, like, he's, he hasn't had anything that's kept him out as far as like an injury, you know, he hasn't had anything. Um, I thought funny enough, I thought Moody to be the high impact rookie. It turns out it's kind of been the opposite. Coming has been that guy. Um, did not think Gary Payton the second would be this effective. Obviously knew he was a, just a, hawk on the ball but who knew um and wiggins was wiggins was good last year i didn't think he improved that much to be honest i kind of thought hey if we get 2020 2021 wiggins um that's awesome and we've he's definitely improved so i think hitting on what this team's baseline was is pretty it's pretty important um on that um on that note then matt like who was your who was your breakout yeah, so I'm not going to lie. I kind of went crazy with Gary Payton in the second. That guy, I, I kind of think I kind of think he needs to be re-signed at all costs this offseason. That's like how good I think he's been. I think he's, for what this team doesn't necessarily have at the guard spot defensively and how good he is. I mean, again, I don't know what Clay's going to be. If Clay can return to what Clay is, obviously that changes everything. But I'm defensively, I'm not counting on that because Clay was – Again, people always like bust Clay's ass and Curry's ass too, but Clay more importantly for kind of getting cooked by Kyrie in some of those games, some of those series. But Kyrie hit tough shots. Clay played as like picture perfect defense on Kyrie Irving as I've ever seen in my life, and that's isolation wise, I think probably the best score the last fifteen years. You know, it's I think it's probably him. So um, it's Gary Payton, man. I was I was looking up some stuff earlier. In the restricted area, he's 82%, okay, on 93 attempts this year. And the next guy in that category is Jalen Brown at 75%. Uh, he's he's passing all kinds of centers, okay? And the thing that – gosh, the thing that blows my mind about him – well, yeah, that's crazy. But the thing that blows my mind is he's not supposed to be in the paint. Like, teams are trying – their other teams' game plan is not to let that guy get in the paint. It's saying, hey, we're going to ignore you. But it just goes to show it's not saying he's some slasher. It's not saying he's some guy with the ball who um, – it's going to you know kill you as a, as a ball handler, but it shows how, first of all, how smart he is, how good of a cutter he is and how much he understands what it is to play with Steph Curry, because people always complain like, Hey, when you play with Steph, you get so many open looks. Gary Payton finds all of those scenes. He finds every single spot and he gets there. And the fact that he's 80% of the rim and it's, it's definitely in large part, you know, his own ability, but it's also him getting like, Hey, as a part of this offense with Steph Curry on the floor, I, I get where I need to be and I get there as often as I can. So for me, it's, it's definitely Gary Payton for this, uh, the phase one breakout player of the year, MVP, whatever you want to call it. I'll, I'll, I'll stay Wiggins, man. Um, I feel like, you know, obviously we're seeing him get the, uh, the all-star um, votes push and everything, but just the way he's played, I think Matt, you said it, I think we, we didn't expect any, not only anybody expected Wiggins to, play at an all-star level. I think we, we knew what he was capable of or what he could have been capable of. Uh, we saw last year he had great stretches, um, but that 
that Timberwolves game where he just yammed on Cat twice. Um, since then, I, I mean, I don't know any of the numbers or anything like that, but just his play just seemed like way more inspired. Um, like he wants to win. He he said it. He said it. You can see it. He's having fun on the court. Um, he's uh, he's having fun on the court. He's playing defense. Uh, um, he's guarding the uh, other team's best player. Kind of picking up that play role in terms of defensively. Um, that second scorer as well. Um, and, you know, I think he deserves to be an all-star uh, just with the way he's been playing. Um, and the Warriors wouldn't be the first, sort of the first, second seed without how Andrew Wiggins has played. Granted, you know, Steph, Steph Draymond, um, they're the core and they're, they're, it's offense runs with them. But you need guys like uh, Wiggins, GP2, Poole, um, and those ancillary guys to step up, which we've seen. And Wiggins kind of led that, led that trend this year. Just to add to what you're saying, it's kind of crazy that he's the guy of late. Where I've heard Fitz saying somebody's got to help out Wiggins tonight. Where it's like, wait a minute, Fitz, that's Fitz that's the guy. Fitz Wiggins propaganda is the greatest. But greatest the thing is, thing. he's right, man. He's had some he's games this year where it's he's, been he's it's been right. even with Steph on the floor and Pool on the floor. There's been some games where it's like, hey, like, Wiggins he is getting buckets tonight. Yeah, yeah, it's that's been, it's been cool, man. I, I I don't hate that at all, Charlie. Yeah, no, I like Wiggins a lot. I think, you know, like you said, well, both of you guys really, I mean, first some things on like Gary Payton, just the fact that he's been so unreal as like this point of attack defender, you're able to guard ones, twos, threes, and basically act as a big man offensively. Like he's rolling, he's cutting, he's making threes out of the corner. He's attacking closeouts. Like it's really impressive and fun stuff. And now that he's making plays out of the short roll, like there's really not a lot to stop him from, being a really fun cog in this offense, especially with the personnel that can use him. And Wiggins is just just a treat, man. Like, he's just – his hustle is unreal. Um, like, his his work yesterday in the Pelicans game was really impressive, just with a team that was down so bad. Like, he was able to get so many tough finishes, especially going at it with the left. Like, he was really hunting those switches against Valanciunas, like – he's just been a different when he's like actually aggressive and staying that same energy that on defense that he always has. It's, it's unreal, but um, we will get to my breakout player in a second, but after a quick you little guess anchor from you Matt, guess are you going to tease us for real, man? Yeah. Yeah, I am. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Matt, take up. it away. So it's, take, take it away. I'll take it away, but I want to give you guys a heads up. It's Chris Chioza, all right? But we'll see you after the break, right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right, guys. Before the break, obviously, Matt, thank you for that wonderful, wonderful shout-out to Anchor. Uh, but before the break, guys, Charlie, you kind of left us on a nice little cliffhanger, man. So take it away, brother. Who is your Phase 1 MVP? Yeah, so – Excluding, I kind of went more for the breakout side than the MVP side because obviously we know who the MVPs are, like Draymond and Steph. I think, like, sort of for what they do on each end of the floor, deserve that mantle. Um, Not in terms of like the league recognition they'll get, but, uh, you know, Draymond's been the reason the number one defense is clicking and Steph is still the best offensive player in basketball. Man, the guy who just like, you know, and when I saw him early, especially through the draft process, I just, I got worried for what he was going to be, but Jonathan Kaminga is the breakout player for me. Like 
And I, sorry, before you continue, Charlie, I just want everybody that's listening to know that Charlie was pre-draft. I think Kuminga was the one guy he didn't. I think me and Matt were like hesitant, but Charlie was a hell no. And obviously he had the, he's, the, he's our draft guy, so we were listening to him. Um, so just <laughs> to tell you guys, um, for Charlie to do that, that takes a lot of pride, eating men, and take it away. I, I want to hear it. It also says a bunch about yeah. Kaminga as well, because Chuck, Chuck knows exactly, his stuff, exactly. okay? And Kaminga stepping up to the plate and uh, showing Charlie that he's, he's worth Charlie's consideration here is a big deal, man. Especially because, like, through Summer League, too, and through, like, the first preseason games, I was just, you know, like, I think I was talking to you guys, too, and it was just, like, I'm sorry to say it. Like, I don't feel like we're going to be able to get a whole lot out of him that early. You know, like, it just – He's looking raw as hell right now, but like the, his game over game growth is just insane. Like the way he's just been able to learn different things. Like he's discovered in the last few games that if he gets into the post, spins, goes up quickly, like that's it. He's just going to get, he's going to get fouled. Like he's having like double digit free throw attempt games. Like it's just like, kind of ridiculous stuff and he's doing it on such a low amount of time on the ball. Um, he's currently at uh, 82nd percentile usage uh, when he's on the floor, just showing that he's just like going out and getting his all the time. Now, granted all of his playmaking numbers are really, really bad, <laughs> but like that, that to me, I think is sort of the thing that shows like, he's doing a lot of what he did at the G league, which is being insanely physical, like being good on the ball. Um, He's done a lot more of like throwing his weight around and being an impact player on the glass than I saw from him. But I think what's so impressive is that he's basically been doing the same things coming with the same struggles, but that he did at the G league and now he's doing it at the NBA level. So like the fact that he's just taken his game and transplanted what made him so effective and also ineffective uh has been awesome like that that, that's such a cool sign that like he's just able to come over and like bring that sort of effectiveness just with his physicality with the way he moves himself like he's having shut down possessions on like wings guards like able to throw his body in with bigs to get rebounds like i'm just so excited for what they're going to be able to do with him and like his his role can only grow from here so that's Again, I, I got him hit it, man. We can't say enough how much you were like, this guy does not have a clue what he's doing. I was, um, I was enthralled in that. That was beautiful. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I was ready to go, like, I was ready to call, like, or send the email to Dub, Dub PR and be like, hey, we had to fix this. Like, Charlie Charlie knows what's up. We, we can't, you got to figure out how to fix this yeah. guy. Um, yes, you know, I'm gonna do, we should do it. We're tying Kuminga in this. Hopefully he gets, hopefully he gets happy. <laughs> Charlie, would you say his, his like, biggest strength right now? And obviously he's the most he's talented as anybody, right? But it sounds like his biggest strength to you is like recognizing how imposing he is physically. Yeah, I think that's been one thing that's really exciting to me. Like, you know, like I would, I think on the whole, I was wrong about like Kaminga as a draft prospect. Like, I think I had him 13th on my final board. Like, clearly with his sort of upside, like he's really proved that he's well worth the pick they took him. Um, and, you know, the fact that like the fact that Franz Wagner has played the way he has for the Orlando Magic, and you can still pretty confidently say that like they should stick with the pick they did, um, or that it's at least a toss up, like that's all that's a great sign. Um 
But the one thing I did get into an argument with people is they thought he was like a pure playmaking wing. And I was just like, dude, throw this guy around the rim and just let him be the physical monster he is. Like he's like 6'8", 220, you know, like pretty normal, like combo for normal size. guy. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah just a normal year old kind of guy walking guy. around. Um, yeah, it's, you know, as far as like a combo forward guy, you know, like stretch four, he's pretty average build, but just so unbelievably strong physically. Like he's the way he throws people around is nuts. <laughs> and to have that just translate immediately, like he's been able to play 88% of his minutes as a big with the Warriors this season. And like that's that's an unreal development for what he can be because as he starts to become more of a playmaker and you can work him into other lineups as more of like a true three, if he can shoot playmake enough. And obviously we know the defense is there. Like now you have a guy who could range between several positions and sort of fit in defensively and offensively. And that's a really, 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 really awesome thing <laughs> that I'm looking forward to this Warriors team having down the line. That's the thing that's kind of blown me away the most is you mentioned his defense on uh, just multi-positional defense. Like he's been able to guard, I think he guarded Chris Paul a little bit. I think he, the other night, he's been, he's been guarding guards and bigs and wings and he stays with everybody, man. And he doesn't get, I mean, his, his uh, help, his help D has, you, you can see right now and then he'll get a little lost. And like, he's actually been the benefit of a lot of missed shots after him kind of missing stuff. But on the ball, no one really shakes him, man. He's blocked, he's blocked almost every guy he's guarded, which, again, I'm not saying blocks are like the, the end-all, be-all, but the fact that he's staying so close to guys and not fouling is kind of the thing. Um, Charlie, I love the pick, man. Again, I can't say enough. I think Goffman and I are both – That was well worth the wait. That was well worth the wait. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Um, Charlie, what's, I, I just want to ask you, man, because now we're on this train. Kaminga upside, dude. What is, what is your – if if he reaches his ceiling and you like what the Warriors are doing development wise, let's get hyped, man. What do you see this guy as if he if he uh, peaks? I don't really know. LeBron James, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is like with a guy like him, it's impossible to like think where it can go from here because he's just like every game he's just like putting so many things together. A wide runner. No, well, like I was going to say he has these like shades of like a a micro Giannis. Like obviously the thing with Giannis is, you know, he grew to like this seven foot condor who had already had like, who started off as like a point guard in the flesh. Um, You know, but I think having that impact where you can just move him around defensively and offensively and he doesn't really lose a step is sort of like a very narrow category of player. It's sort of the reason why I love Scotty Barnes. Cause I was like, you know, he could be your, he could be your point guard on offense and he could be guarding your point guards, but he's six foot nine, but he could also be your four and guarding your force or whatever. Like Kuminga isn't in those same like player position ranges, but he's that kind of player where you could slide him anywhere from like, the two to the five eventually and get value out of him. So that's sort of that narrow play class. I see him in whether he has that like MVP level upside or whatever. I don't know. But the fact that he's already sort of boxed himself into this like 
I don't want to say box himself as if it's a negative thing, but like he's put himself on this track to be like a very special type of player. Um, and whether or not that, you know, that becomes like an all-star type player or just like an excellent Swiss army knife. Like that's something the Warriors have to feel really good about. Also got a little, I mean, uh, not since you asked, I feel like he's got a lot of Iggy in him as well. Um, like just the, obviously not Iggy now, but the athleticism's there. Um, defensively, he's, I think, Charlie, you hit it. He's got the potential to be to be great defensively. And he's confident, like, shooting the three. I mean, he's not – he had that one game where he had, like, five or something like that. Um, but obviously the jumper, especially at the NBA level, um, is going to be, you know, the, the hardest thing to, to develop. And, uh, Charlie, I think you were the one that said it either on Twitter or when you texted, but just the, the quickness of his, like, release. He's more – he's getting more uh, confident with just making a decision – um, and he's just such a freak of an athlete that um, the upside is ridiculous. And just to, to contribute as he has so far, um, again, adds that baseline thing that we've been talking about of how good the Warriors have been outside of, you know, Steph and Dre. I mean, they have been good as well outside of those two guys. Um, why the Warriors are so good. Yeah, like he does things where he's like, you know, obviously the Pelicans have their struggles, but – he has moments where he's like, oh, I'm out in isolation against Valanchunas, taking him straight to the rim, bucket. Oh, I'm in the post against Brandon Ingram. Like, he's built like a box of matches. Like, I'm taking him to the post, bucket. Like, and even against, you know, like Jackson Hayes, like, huge dude, like very physically imposing. He's going into these spin moves and like getting rip fouls on the arm, like going to the free throw line basically at will against him so like it's it's just it's awesome to see and the fact that he's doing this at like 19 i mean it's just it's 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 so much fun and uh i think i think yeah like for him to be my breakout guy you know fuck whatever his stat sheet says like you know in my mind he went from like we're getting nothing out of him right now to oh we might be getting a lot out of him down the stretch like in terms of usage, the greatest 180 we will ever witness in history. That's beautiful, Charlie. That's part of it. You got to look at what it is. I love it. You got to look at what's happening. And, and that's that's why that's why I'm wrong you, and you move on. That's why you're great, Charlie. Because not a lot of people in the, in this day and age will admit that they're wrong. And um, kudos, man. Good shit. And shout out Kuminga. I mean, he proved a lot. He's proved a lot of people wrong. If you prove Charlie wrong, the, our draft guy, the guy that knows basketball the best out of the three of us. Respect, man. So, JK, good chick, brother. Keep it up. JK, it's Hall of Famer bust now, buddy. So you better uh, <laughs> better figure it out. But uh, yeah, Chuck, just your just your point, man. He had one play where it was the end of the last game, right? The Warriors had that comeback towards uh, towards the end of that game against the Pelicans, and I don't remember who got the steal. It might have been him, but he dunked it to cut it to three, and he just went vertical. He got kind of bodied, but he was so high up and he didn't get moved. And he basically just kind of, he dunked it, but he kind of just dropped the ball in the basket over someone. Like it wasn't like, it was a two foot jump, which he's, his two foot jump is ridiculous. Like he's got a, he's got a great two foot leap, but you kept talking about his strength, man. And like, there's so many examples of just how strong that guy is. So I don't, I don't blame you one bit for kind of um, focusing on that. Uh, Gotham, I know you wanted to hit that take of the week, man. I know you had a, a rant. <laughs> that you kind of sneak peek at earlier in the text thread, man. But what's, uh, what's going on, man? What's your take of the week? And also just to preface this, we want to introduce a new kind of segment to the, to the pod where, 
you know, Twitter is a crazy place. So you see all kinds of crazy ideas, some that are great, some that are not so great. Uh, you see certain just ideologies even popping up. Okay. And, uh, we're going to try and expose for better or for worse, a few of those every week now. So Gotham bombs away, man. All right. I'm happy. I'm happy that we picked the right week to introduce this segment. Um, you know, I feel like there's a lot of takes out there, you know, you, you Wiggins, all-star, um, Steph, whatever, Steph Slander, Oops. Steph MVP. Uh, but my, my take of the week is outside of the court. It's, uh, we're taking this back to that little blue app, Twitter. Um, I think that Warriors Twitter, Dub Nation, is 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 broken. Is it's 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 not it's not a good it's not good. Um, I'm just gonna say it straight up. And I know the people that we're catering to and people that we want to listen to this podcast are members of Dub Nation. But there's this. I don't know if it's the, honestly, and that's the this is the sad part. I don't know if this the people I'm talking about are the majority or, or just a sect of the fan base. But you have people. I'm not going to name names or people or whatever, but you have fans that, um, for the lack of a better term, the dick writing of Steph Curry. Um, and this is coming, as you guys know, um, I am a huge Steph homer. Um, I will, you know, ride with our guy till the very end. Um, but to blatantly just like, uh, there's a lot of people like, you know, obviously with the Steph struggles, uh, people pointing out that, you know, Steph has to play better. Steph isn't living up to how he plays. Um, and you're just seeing people get roasted by people with big accounts, big followings that have grown this, their followings on Steph Curry, on, predominantly on Steph Curry. And obviously, watching Warriors game between about that. But, but I think when you get to a point where the at the end of that, I feel like as Warriors fans, you want the team to be doing well. And when the team to be doing well, you got to have – you got to hold your players accountable. And – you see, I mean, the players are doing that themselves. Steph's holding himself accountable. Um, and it, obviously, you know, fan bases, or you're, gonna, you're never going to get a perfect fan base. Um, but I just think that with all these overreactions, um, people game to game basis, uh, you know, tweeting about Steve Kerr, it's fucking stupid, um, fire Steve Kerr, Steph Curry uh, can do no wrong, or the other opposite, Steph Curry's washed. Um, you know, just all these takes. I think that people really, really that you you play you play to play in June. Um, these games in January, as much as you know, it sucks to watch a Mavericks game where you can't make a shot, or a Heat game where Steph Curry goes three for seventeen. Put this shit into perspective, man. We're the best team, top three team in the league. Um, we have Clay Thompson coming back. It's a magic. We've had a magical season so far. Um, so many cool moments. Steph breaking the record. Um, Draymond just playing as well as he has the guys that we've talked about today coming back, you know, enjoy that, you know, don't, uh, make like the Warriors games on Twitter should not be like these hostile, um, things where, you know, fans are getting just lit up because they're pointing out facts. Um, and so to all these Twitter guys and, um, these, fa- I feel like they're fake woke people. I like, I don't know if that term makes sense, but it's how I would describe them. Um, fuck you. Uh, and be better. So that's my that's my take of the week. Um, you guys can uh, get my mentions at Gotham Rondom NBA if you guys want to talk. I will back this claim up to whatever. Um, but wow. take it away, boys. What's that's your address? Ad- Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> One, two, three. Um, that's address. Every, no. Gotham I was a... Like, 
Gotham was, was recently right. fired from Warriors PR, not for effectiveness. He was very effective, but for for vulgarity. Okay, yep. but he did a good I, job. I thank you. I had to, I had to have one <laughs> one and two cuss words in there, but uh, I want to like I wanna, okay. I want to co-sign most of that besides the like you know general specific well. anger and yeah. come at me attitude because yeah um <laughs> guys and i i am i am rehabbing a broken foot and a foot surgery so that's also where yeah this pent up anger's coffin yeah goblin's just um, you know he's and he's i just got my booster shot so uh, besides the anger part um the last he's part, immobile you know all that but uh, like yeah, besides the last part but um be better be better i was i was gonna say this like something along the same lines where the one thing that I sort of saw that angered me over the last couple of days. And, you know, usually it's easy to like dispel the stuff where people do the same circular sort of takes. Um, but this discussion where even to the point where like Draymond got asked a question about it, of what can they do to like yeah. fix stuff. Um, and yeah, that, you know, like when people are tweeting out things of like, Oh, he's doing this. I'm like, step back jumpers and whatever while he's just like, you know, missing open drives right at the lane. Like that's sort of the really frustrating thing to me is like the actual way Steph Curry has played rarely ever changes from like a game. It changes from a game to date basis, but like the game plan on a whole doesn't really change a whole lot, especially compared to like other teams and how they use their players differently. Like, it's so consistent because, you know, like Steve Kerr, the coach says, Steph is the system. Like the system doesn't change every single game. And like, just because he's having a bad month, a month that he's bad in every year of his career. Yeah. Like let's change it. Let's change the thing that won championships and whatever. Like it's just, you know, it's it's seeing the same stuff over and over. Like you said, that circular stuff where it's like, bro, it's each game is not going to go the same way. You're not going to blow out a team by 30 and do you know, that and if, for 82 if you, games. If you want to be like specific about it and be like, Oh, I wish they would like, you know, use the split action for like Damian Lee more, or like they need to run more flare screens for Otto Porter, or like, you know, put Kaminga in the post or like specific things, you know, like little things. That's cool. But like Steph's kind of outside it because he's just Steph, you know, mm-hmm. Like, even if you want to say, like, oh, Draymond, like, you should probably, like, try to lay that up a little more or, you know, like, do this, do this. Like, there are little tweaks here. Like, shit, like, and that's, it's, it's a long, it's a long fucking season. That's, like, that's the, I feel like that's what people don't realize. And you're not playing to win a game against the Mavericks in January. You're playing mm-hmm. to hold that trophy in June, which this team is building towards. So. It's- it's like also funny too, especially when like with Steph Love becomes Steve Kerr hate when exactly, like this what? is not an all an indictment on Steph. I think Steph, like my personal thought is he's one of the 10, 10 to 12 best players ever. Okay. So whatever that means to you, just let it go. But like Steve Kerr unlocked one of the most beautiful brands of basketball we'll ever see in our lifetimes because of how he decided to use Steph Curry. And when, if you watched the way Mark Jackson coached, there's no indictment on Mark Jackson. They won 50 games um, his last year there, which is great we're not going to see basketball like this as, you know, as Warriors fans ever again. Like the, the way it's because of, and again, it's because of who Steph Curry is, but it's because of also Steve Kerr recognized in large part, how to use this guy. And it doesn't mean Steph Curry wouldn't be effective elsewhere. He would, he'd still be an all time great elsewhere. Um, but we're seeing 
basketball played in a way where we wouldn't see it played that way otherwise if it wasn't for I mean maybe some other coach comes along and does it I'm not saying that but it's not it's not a sin to say you know Jordan wouldn't have been great without Jackson that is a sin to be like Jordan would have been great but like it's not a sin to say the Bulls would not have been as great as they were without Phil Jackson and vice versa you know it's not hate on anybody um like they're just like they're like a symbiotic thing together at this point like they're just like they coexist yeah yeah, like, let's not, be honest. like when we were growing up, like we, the one playoff season we had when we were kids was when I was like six. Yeah. Um, Matt, Charlie, you guys are around the same age. Uh, you guys are a little older, but uh, I was nine years old, dude. So please watch <laughs> it. <laughs> um, no, I'm playing, but like that's it's not like we were used to like they, they, we've we've seen such great basketball and I think gotten accustomed to it, which is great. I think you want to expect greatness as an organization, and we're seeing that every year. The Warriors consistently say players are talking about what a winning organization is. Um, so just keep to keep that shit in perspective, man. Like, I, it's it's annoying to it's annoying to read, and especially when it's like big, like people that have built, gotten a platform through stuff like that is just like you're making a fan base toxic for no reason. When you know it's not gonna, I mean, this is not gonna fix anything. It's just getting it off. You going off, man? Get it off, dude. It's just it's hard, man. Yeah. You you see people like. My pops, for example, is lived, he's 60 plus years old, right? He he will not watch Warriors games at the last two minutes because he's so built into his DNA watching them just screw things up. So he doesn't do that. So, you know, we're living in a good time to be Warriors fans. I mean, I'm not saying don't don't criticize. Obviously, criticize coaches are not always right. GMs are not always right. But take it with a grain of salt that we're watching uh, a we great criticize, duo. But that's about it. Definitely criticize. You know, definitely criticize. But, you know, watch. Just keep in mind we're, we're seeing, a, like Charlie said, a symbiotic duo of Steph and Steve Kerr. Here's my take, guys. Here's my problem, okay? Um, listen, a lot of all-star talk of late. I'm not going the Wiggs direction. I'm going the, the Gobert direction. I think Rudy Gobert is as valuable a defender as there is in the league besides our guy, Draymond. Of late, Draymond has not been mentioned once as an all-star starter. Gobert has been mentioned almost unanimously as the starter in the front court next to Jokic. I can't stand it. I really can't stand it. I think the guy, both guys are valued primarily on the basis of their defense. I think Gobert offers more offense than the simple fact that he's a, one of the best lobs in the league. Seven, two, no. But if we're going to do this thing where it's you go, okay, it's Gobert and it's Jokic for sure. And LeBron, what do you mean? Wait, why, why? Why is it for yeah, sure Gobert? Breaks. Breaks. Stop it. I keep seeing this thing, man. And I kind of was like, why is he? Why is Rudy Gobert of all people penciled in? Not saying Draymond is the guy that you know non Warriors fans want to see in the All Star game. I certainly would not if I was not a Warriors fan. But he is the favorite for the Defensive Player of the Year, and he should be. Draymond is, is what I mean. I think on that basis he should start in the All Star game. And I'm tired of seeing these Gobert is penciled in as the starter takes. That is all. Hell yeah. Fine. No, I like that, and I think. I think it gets frustrating because you can play around with the positions and like, yeah, I think when you get into the fan vote, it's really stupid anyways. <laughs> like, you know, the, like Warriors fans, they always do their me play. They always like overdo their part. Like we know that. And like the fact that Wiggins has more votes than Draymond is like, all right guys, like you really overdid it. And like, and it's Clint really crazy to like and CP and all these guys. Yeah, the fact that they have the power to overdo it that much to where Wiggins is like maybe potentially a starter is nuts. Because like, you know, I think, I think it, it like 
besides the whole rant of like how annoyingly small the all-star team is compared, you know, like 24 guys out of 450 players is just idiotic, but like he's been amazing. I don't really think he's an all-star because it's 12 players per conference. And that's a lot of very, very, very talented players that have to not make the team for him to make it. And those are talented players who are also, playing defense and scoring, you know, more than Wiggins and like bringing more on the ball, like as great as he's been, he's just, he's on that sort of, you know, 13 to 15 fringe. And yeah, like dude, the, the Rudy, the positional thing with Rudy and Gobert, I mean, not Rudy and Gobert, Rudy and Jokic is like, you can't just put the two centers together and like call it a day. Like no matter how good they've been, you know, like it's just, it's just weird. Like it just doesn't make sense. And especially when you have someone playing as well as Draymond has played, like even if it's not, you know, on the offensive end of the floor, really like he's still an unreal passer. And like, you know, that people sort of get lost in that, you know, like I hear debates where people try to like throw out enough numbers to say like, is he a, even a net positive offensive player? And I'm like, yeah, your, your basketball knowledge is tested on how you think Draymond Green is. Like, he, that's all well and good, but, like, you know, watch the game, yeah. and then you'll probably see that, like, <laughs> he brings things to the table. Like, you know, net adjusted per 75, whatever, like, he does things offensively. So, yeah, like, it's it's just it's just a dumb thing. And, like, I've sort of just fully thrown up the walls to the all-star thing at this point. Cause like, I just expect stupidity and just sort of try to like, you know, detach myself from whatever results are going to happen. Uh, like, yeah, it's just, the whole thing is just a, it's just a clown show <laughs> like from start to finish. First of all, I love it. I think you're totally spot on with the clown show stuff. The thing that frustrates me with the Gobert, it's just like it's analysts. It's analysts who are actually just like, this guy deserves, he's in the same tier as LeBron, Jokic, Steph. You know, those are all-star starters. Those are, those are obvious all-star starters to me. You know what I mean? Those are guys, and along with, you know, uh, Embiid, Giannis, Katie, on the opposite end, are like, they're, they're penciled in. Where it's like, Gobert's the seventh guy out of those guys. Where who's He's the starter. That's the guy that you're saying is a lock. <laughs> What? Like, it's like, well, is it Mitchell or Booker? It's like, but it's definitely Gobert. It's like, wait, what? What are you talking about? Um, Charlie, I got to ask, man. So, Wiggins is not an all-star to you. Correct? Yes. 100%. He's, he's out. Yeah, he's out. Damn. Gotham. I mean, it's hard for me to say no just because <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't watch much. Like, I watch basketball as much, but... I want to see Wiggins in there, so I I just can't bring myself to say no. If he doesn't make it, I'll be sad, but I'm not going to be totally shocked. But I would love to love to see. I think he deserves it um, for what he's done. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I want to see it happen. I'm not I'm not in a dissimilar boat. I think uh, first of all, that was Gotham's very tame take. Gotham, when it comes to he had a chance to take a homer home run there, and he did not take it. So Gotham, props I've, to you I've, for I've showing restraint. I've used up my my hot takes. I'm, uh, I'm cool at this time. I, I do think Wiggins is like an all-star esque player. I don't think he deserves to be an all-star. If that makes sense. Like he's, he's a guy who on the right year could make it. I don't think this is a Warriors team that deserves three all-stars to be totally honest. Um, 
if you look at the teams in the past that have three all-stars, those Boston teams with, you know, Allen, uh, Garnett and uh, Pierce and Rondo, even most of those Miami teams, those OG Warriors teams. So I get, I get where you're both at. I'd be stoked if you made it. I think it like, I would not think it's a, uh, I wouldn't think it's undeserved. But yeah. Uh, I think that's, that's an okay. Okay. Take. Yeah. Not that it's not undeserved because I think like the all-star team should be like 20 players at this point to just like reflect what percentile good you are in the league. But, you know, like if you just start to like run down the list, I think there are like 10 guys at least who are just like slam dunks over him. And, you know, like a few more that make just more compelling cases at the end of the day. So like, it's just a tough field and it's a small squad. So, you know, all of the wigs for the season he's having, like, I hope he gets consideration for like an all defensive team, but you know, yeah. let's get to a, I think we get to a, one thing that we've all been the most excited for. Best for, for last. Best for last. We are at day 939 without Clay Thompson playing basketball. And if all court goes according to plan, uh, day 941 will be the last. So, fellas, if it happens – if we see headband uh, Jackie Moon yes. step out <laughs> onto that floor against Cleveland, like, how are you guys going to feel? Like, what what's going through your mind? Like, at that. Well, first of all, Charlie knows 939 because he's got those tally tattooed on his arm. Okay, that's why we know Charlie's got 940 uh, tally marks on his arm. So, Chuck, props to you, man. Yeah, You're almost on my wall every day. <laughs> <laughs> In blood. Okay. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> I, I I just again we've all kind of said it before before this, but I I'm so stoked I can't even it's it's just weird Gotham you've been really really uh, on it with like the level of how how important is this in terms of sports in in the past and history where does this kind of measure up and I think as far as injuries go none of us have really been able to come up with a similar similar scenario because Clay is just the most likable beloved player um, he's someone who we all just want to see come back and we don't like I don't think. I'm too clear. We'd all love to see him be, you know, 2018, 19 clay, you know, 2019 finals before the injury clay. But if he's knocking down threes and, you know, playing defense on the weak side, the ball swings that way, I'm going to be like, he's still an all-star and no matter what he does, he's the golden boy. So um, I just can't wait, man. It's going to be a fun one. I do anticipate some, some uh, watery eyes for sure. And, I, I again, I, I don't know if there'd be a cooler moment to be present for, which I don't, I don't think any of us will be. But I can't imagine a cooler sports moment to be present for than uh, a guy like Clay Thompson returning to the to the Warriors. Yeah, I, got uh, the, I don't I think got any, it, I don't think any of us have money like that. Yeah, to, we yeah, have that. Like that. So, so everybody started listening to the pod, but um, you guys have like five grand, you know? Like, let me know. Uh, but that was please, my guy. <laughs> Venmo me. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, no, disposable think, income for tickets. Yep. Uh, but no, I think uh, it's it's so it's weird. Like you, it, just these last two years, it's always been a little weird. Um, and obviously, just not winning a lot. Um, okay, that's not, not this year, but, but before. But just knowing what was gone, and you know what Clay has meant to the organization, uh, the team, the fans. Um, and you said it, Matt. He's the most likable guy. Um, he just he just lives life and plays basketball. Like he's he's the he's the dude that if you ever made it to be a pro, 
you'd want to live Clay Thompson's life. And he has no ego about him. And, you know, uh, I watched that video. I think ESPN posted one of Steph talking about Clay's comeback and what it means. And just to go, I can't even imagine, like, especially really put it in perspective after I broke my foot, to be honest, like the amount of uh, just mental toughness it takes to come back, not one, but just two. Um, I could not imagine, um, you know, what that, what that went, what that, what went through to do that. Um, just the ups and downs. We saw him, you know, have that emotional moment on the sidelines after uh, one of those games earlier this year. Um, so I'm just, regardless of what, how he does play, uh, you know, whatever, if it's 18, 15 minutes, um, I'm just excited to see him run on the court again, see the fans celebrate, um, see the fans celebrate uh, Clay Thompson. Um, I think he deserves it. 941 days is a ridiculously long time. Um, and as someone that is going through an injury right now, I mean, Clay is an inspiration as he normally is, but even more so. So can't wait, man. Charlie, take it away. Yeah, dude, I have just, I've been waiting for this for so long. Like we talked about it so much and God, dude, like what Clay means to like this fan base, this team, like just as sort of that positive energy that sort of brings them together. Like, you know, you see him bouncing around on the sidelines, like just jam into like whatever the arena speakers are playing, you know, like we sort of get none to that. You know, like I think the only guy I've ever seen do that is like, you know, Russell Westbrook will just be like listening to like the pregame music, just like dribbling the ball between his legs, you know, just like having a good time. Cause he's just like in his other world. You know, like, that's where Clay is. Like, Clay's elsewhere at all times. But, like, at the same time, he's, like, the most present, you know, like, intense dude that they have outside of, like, Draymond. And, like, he's got this unwavering competitiveness to him. And, like, that's the thing that, you know, I think makes it so different is it's not just any, like, any team losing their all-star for more than two calendar years, you know, close to three and like for the player to have to go through that, but like to have it be a guy that was this total iron man for the warriors, one who just worked so hard and like gave everything for the team. It just gives it that extra flavor of like how amazing it's going to feel just to see him back out there because you just know that he worked his ass off for this and he's worked his ass off for everything he's ever done for this team. And, he so earnestly loves the fans. Like it's just going to, it's just going to be the greatest. Um, I don't know. I, there's no even words for it, man. Like, let, let just, let just make it come sooner. Honestly, <laughs> we've waited 939 days to uh, one day and a half left. Um, guys, we ended on a really cool note. Um, I think it was a perfect place to wrap up this podcast. Um, you know, guys, fun one um thank you guys for listening um but sunday sunday's a big day uh i think it's gonna add to this magical uh, magical season that we're having right now um and other than that guys you guys got any last minute uh shout outs or anything no man you know as always i'll be i'll be posting my clips and threads and whatnot on twitter i have a feeling i have a feeling we're gonna get a claytheist clay post um coming very very soon um other than that guys thank you so much for listening uh it's us here at the game six clay pod uh we out peace
That'll do it. The Golden State Warriors advance to their fifth consecutive Western Conference Final. For the second straight year, they eliminate the Rockets here in Houston as they take this series in six games and they win game six without Kevin Durant. Just a painful way to end the season once again for Chris Paul, James Harden, and the Rockets.